Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. This is your moment. Your time to shine. Your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career. And you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to the Ball Alert Show podcast. Please stop what you're doing and like, subscribe, and share our YouTube page. I go by the name of Ferrari Simmons. Hey, young world, it's your bestie, Sue Solo. I go by the name, you know, BT. OCT, what that? Oh, big guest in the building, 19 Keys. We just snapped. So we just snapped. You guys snap with us. You guys snap. Yeah, we got He's like, I am not snapping for myself. How's it going, sir? Oh, man, I feel blessed, man. How you feeling, man? Yeah, we are feeling great. We appreciate you blessing our presence today. Man, I appreciate y'all having me here. Now you, you cool with us getting in your business? Well, it depends on the business. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back with more of the Baller Alert Show. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangsta Chronicles, a 
podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. You're listening to a special edition of the Baller Alert Show. Peace family is 19 Keys. You tuned in to the Baller Alert Show. 19 Keys is here. <laughs> um, and a lot of, for those who don't know, uh, where are you from? A little background on 19 Keys. Uh, I'm from Oakland, California. Okay, you know, originally. So, um, the Bay. Yeah, the no, Bay the, area. The, the Yay area. Yeah, some, part, some call it the Yay area. You feel me? But yeah, I'm, I'm uh, born in St. Louis, though. Raised in Oakland. I left when I was two, so I went back and forth. You understand, between Oakland and St. Louis. And uh, I consider myself to be a thought leader, serial entrepreneur, creator, designer, really any hyphen that I need to be. You know, I don't really put myself in no boxes. I just do what I want to do. Did you design your hat and what is yes. this here? I mean, the hat, the sash, you know what I mean? Just a little bit of royalty, that's all. Oh, no, that's and you're nice. uh, in the nation? Yes, correct? I was born into it. Okay, I was going to ask that. So you were born into it? Yeah. Okay. Can you explain what that means, though? Um, I think people sometimes assume, like, the nation is just an organization, but I think it goes a little deeper than that. Well, I mean, it's been around since 1930, so it's generations in, right? Mm-hmm. Like, my family converted before I was born, right? Um, and now, you know, when we had children and their children born growing up as black Muslims in America, you know, Honorable Elijah Muhammad was the one who introduced Islam to America. So as you see, like, Arabs and unorthodox Arabs and things of that nature practice it today, that's because of the foundation that he led with. So being born in a nation, we say that, you know, when you was born under that structure, you feel me, coming in the nation of Islam. So where did the name 19 Keys come from? Did it come from the nation? It was partly influenced um, specifically by Masterful Art of Muhammad. He's the one who taught the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, right? He taught him for three years, and then he gave him the mission to go on and deliver a message. And he successfully delivered that message and brought out the likes of, like, Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X and Honorable Miss Louis Farrakhan and so on and so forth. So he had a quote in the 1930s. He said there's 17 million original people and there's 2 million Indians. And he said that represents the 19 million rusty locks. And he said there's 19 million well-oiled keys to unlock those rusty lock mines. And those keys is a representation of enlightenment or knowledge of self so that those people can never be oppressed again. Mm. So I kind of took on the moniker of 19 keys as I go about enlightening people. And you're doing such a great job at it. Uh, Farrakhan and, you know, Malcolm X of of the past, uh, you're kind of like that for us in the future, especially in the hip hop culture and how you uh, have high level conversations and you're bringing us in. Was that by design? Did you always see yourself in this space uh, growing up? You know, I was always taught the right idea at the right time equals success, right? Like right now, if you if you can fix any problem, you got a good business model, right? There's a, we have a broken culture, right? That culture doesn't have any values and is mostly ignorant and based on distraction. 
So when you look at black media, oftentimes they think that we don't care about high level subjects, right? Like we don't listen to consciousness or science or right things of, of higher level of intelligence. But I think it's more so just the people who are doing it. You know what I'm saying? You put somebody corny in front of you, you don't want to listen to them regardless of the value. Right And we don't put enough Production value in it as well So when we do things We kind of do it low level But the consciousness Or the knowledge be high But the quality be low mm. So you know We come with that Innovative approach Right Like the way any past revolutionary or leader or whoever may have done it in the past, that's not my approach. I'm going to do it in a way where it looks like in 2023. Yeah. I'm going to use the resources, the technology, the culture, the network, the collaboration, and any facet that I can. And I have some unique creative abilities to where we do the directing and designing. We have teams where we do the strategy and I put up my own money to get it done. Right. So I believe that that's something that's truly never been done in a way. And this is why you probably don't see it because most time people ain't gonna put up their own money to deliver a message. Right. Especially when, you know, distraction is really high. And I think between social media and, you know, just kids trying to be a lot more grown, I think, yeah. than what they are. And they don't really have the experience of life to try to be as grown as they are. It almost seems as if they are pushing further away from the word or, or what it means to be spiritual and be a good oh, person. For sure. I understand that you're using the tools, right? But the verbiage in getting them in, do you think that you're connecting because, like you said, you're putting yourself in 2023 terms, but that can mean so many things, right? Like, it's one thing to use social media, but it's it, it's a person's decision to listen to you. Mm -hmm. So what do you think it is about you that's actually drawing them in to hear you? Because I think plenty of people can be in the room, on the platforms, but it still takes a certain level of... Yeah. Being for people to actually lock in? That's a good question. I think I just show up as myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, what you see is what you get, right? You mm -hmm. feel me? Like, I think a lot of people, they try to put on a uniform and they try to be this representation, right? And it, it people know when they being sold something, right? Versus it's just who I am. So this is where I am when the camera is off and the camera is on, right? And I'm from the streets as well. So, you know, you can have some relatability and the way I speak, the way I move, you know what I mean? Sometimes in the flyness I address. Like, we're going to hit you on all angles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm empathetic. I got six brothers. I got two sisters, right? I, I grew up in the street, so I understand the different dynamics of consciousness that we're dealing with. So I try to speak to people where they at. I don't speak mm -hmm. to them at my level, right? Because then people may not understand. Mm -hmm. Then that's just me trying to sound smart, right? But if I speak to you at your level, I'm actually giving you value that you can use practically in your life. Right, that's one of the chief things people always say. Like, damn, I've been thinking about that, but I ain't hear nobody say it that mm -hmm. way. Right, and when I can do that, I'm connecting the dots for you. Right, and sometimes it's not even giving you new information; it's being a reminder in your life of what you already know, but probably don't practice. Right, because we have an environment that is not built around any of our positive core values, if you will. Right, it's not built around like honor, respect, loyalty, family. None of those particular type of things. It's built on you know, bullshit, to be honest. You feel me? So I just give people, I think, a lot of tough love. And then when we do high-level conversations, you know, I think about the different elements that we interested in, but because we don't ever see it, right, we don't really get that opportunity to, like, divest into it. You feel me? It's like we interested in science. We interested in, I don't know, aliens. We might be interested in psychology, but it's like, it's the same thing with financial literacy, but historically, the people who brought it to us never spoke our language. You believe in aliens? 
Shit, we the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question though. Um, and you said you brought up something so profound to me. Uh, a lot of us kind of come up in that street culture. Um, how was it for you to mentally stay focused and not get sucked in to the streets because you can make a lot of easy money on that side? Well, I mean, I had a few cases growing up. You know what I mean? I did get into the streets just, you know, following my older brother. You know, and growing up in Oakland and St. Louis, we grew up in, you know, wild, dangerous neighborhoods. So you automatically go get influenced by your environment, right? Unobliged Muhammad say environment stronger than nature. So regardless of how good you are, you get influenced by the things that surround you. So, you know, early on, yeah, I sold weed, I sold drugs, things of that nature. We did our little crimes. But I always had a different consciousness as growing up as a Muslim was always telling me from right or wrong. So I knew when I was doing right or wrong. And I knew that wasn't a future-oriented path, right? I knew that that was just because I'm hustling and I'm in this environment. And I want things that currently I feel like my circumstances won't allow me to have, right? My mom's and, and pops ain't had no money like that. So... You know, as a man, I'm going to go out there and get it on my own. And I ain't want to work a job for a white man. So, you know, the streets dictated my actions. What was you know? the turning point? Um, I had a lot of turning points in life. Come on, give, give us you know? <laughs> was say, the final turning Was there something significant? I, I, I would say the, the most significant when I was 19 years old, which just happened to be, you know, I had a case. Um, but I took that to trial and I beat that case. And during that motion, I just remember, you know, when I got locked up, I was reading this book. And it was a storybook. And I read it fully all the way through. And then when I closed that book, I just realized like, man, that shit got me nowhere closer to my freedom. And then when I was extradited from, I think it was Iowa to Oakland, I remember my brother who was fighting the same case, um, but he was behind bars. He gave me a list of books to read, right? And these books helped me strategize. These books helped me actually critical think and understand the environment and this game that I was dealing with, right? Which was fighting for my freedom. So I used that knowledge. I remember even telling my lawyer things and different motions that he can file to help out the case, right? And he ended up doing that and they actually worked. And he told me later on, that was the first case he ever won. Hey, that's dope. You oh, know, wow. the first case he ever won. <laughs> what, you had a public defender? Yeah, for surely. Um, and you Yo. helped your public defender yeah. win your case. Yeah, but I just that, that just put a lot of things in perspective. Like you can't put your freedom in nobody's hands, mm. right? And you can't put your power in nobody's hands. And I got to dictate my whole life. So when that judge read that verdict of not guilty, Man, I just decided that I'm never going to end up back in this courtroom. Uh, I, and I, I know my ladies are going to chime in. I, I just really want, you said a couple, another word that jolted me because, again, I think young African-American men, African-American men lack critical thinking. Mm -hmm. That's a something that is absent in our community. In I the world. Wanted, I, I really wanted you to kind of expound on your critical thinking. Was it a book that, that brought that to realization for you or... I mean, I would say... Because the critical thing is like working out for us. Yeah. We need the, it. The book helped me advance it, but that's not where it started. I okay. think it started being a Muslim. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you critical think about the world. We was taught the white man, the devil, black man, God. You don't get more critical of the world than that, right? So it starts a foundation of you looking at the government a certain way. You looking at everything a certain way. You look at Christianity a certain way. We look at the way people eat, the way people talk, the way culture moves. Everything you assess from a critical eye and perspective, right? And so even when I was a child, I always did that. We rolled with the gang, but I always looked at them like y'all victims of white supremacy, mm. right? By your name, by your religion, your practice. So everything was always a critical examination. But then it gave me specific critical examination of the system, 
right? Understanding like when we went in there, and I mean, I was reading like dialogue of Socrates. Another one was like art of deception, and a lot of them was giving a breakdown on how the language in the system was first created, right? Like courtroom is all about it's a game. It ain't about justice. It's about who can win, right? And it's a very deceptive use of language in that game. Right, so when you learn to like hear certain language, I always say every level of consciousness comes with a new language. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be aware of the game that was being played around me because I might not have interpreted and understood it correctly. Right. right, so critical thinking can go in many different phases. Agreed. And I'll say it's the world, not just black America, the world is lacking just higher intelligence, period. Right, like people are, like you can tell how smart people are about what they're entertained by. Right, and if we look on a constant basis, we entertain by the most ignorant—I mean, the most lowest level, dumbest things on the planet Earth. Right, it could be a meme, and it just crack you up. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a representation of your own intelligence, right? And so, when I think about the world today, it's definitely not just black people. It's across the spectrum in the whole world, not critical thinking. And when they do critical thinking, they don't do anything about what they find out. You know what I'm saying? We can find out that the government wants to do some crazy experiment on it, on us, and then we'll trip maybe for one day and go back to our business the next. Right? So it's not just critical thinking. It's, it's actually responding and executing and being strategic off the things that you learn about as well. Because we don't just want a bunch of people that, you know, know the problem but do nothing about it. With all that, all the lessons, can you bring us to high-level conversations and what, you know, led you to brand all of your teachings and your lessons to give us high-level conversations today. Yeah, you know, I remember when I first was uh, getting started, I did a show with my brother Rich from Black Magic. Um, He has a YouTube channel, right? He's big in the conscious community, probably like the biggest conscious channel, if you will, right? He interviews everybody that has something of value to say and some sort of knowledge to spit. And I remember just thinking about the state of the conscious community at that time. Right, because I'm from Oakland. We didn't really grow up in like the New York debate game. We didn't really do that. You know, I seen black men with power and money, you know what I'm saying, growing up. So that was always my aspiration of thought. Like if success looks like having power and money and didn't look like just sounded smart, right? Mm. So, you know, I, I remember I made a controversial statement that the conscious community is dead. And what I meant by that is at the time I was forming a group with some brothers and we was traveling around teaching about solutions, right? We was teaching about, you know, and and showcasing what that solution looked like in real time through collaboration. And I told them it's dead in a sense, not physically, but just in the sense that the evolution is solutions, right? That we have to be the things that we want to see and not just talk about them, right? So fast forward. When I thought about it too, I used to see all these smart, brilliant brothers, and I'd be like, "How y'all got all the intelligence, but we don't build nothing, right? How how do we how do we complain about black media and complain about lack of representation, but we don't put our money where our mind is, and then we put that together, right? So the opportunity to create high level conversations was just examining the opportunity of the now, saying that we can control media, right? And media is one of those tenets of nation building because you control the message that people receive. Right, and if you can do it on a mass scale, then you can actually have influence on global politics. You can have influence on the culture, right? So when you talk about high level conversations, you know, I had a conversation with Ernie Leisure, my brothers Rashad and Troy, really like a couple of blocks away from here when we first started the idea of putting together, you know, high level conversations and what that collaboration could look like. 
right? Because I'm I'm very deep in when it comes to collaborating with people because that's how you showcase unity instead of talk about it, right? And I remember talking with Amechi, who's my show producer. You know, I was like, if we go do a show, it has to be high level. The production has to be high level because the last thing I would want to watch is somebody talking about consciousness, but it's look bootleg. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need to be able to take some of your Netflix time, right? Mm. And the only way I can do that is if the quality is on par, right? So that's why we created a, a show rather than a podcast because we wanted to make sure that it was entertaining in the sense that you can watch it. So some people watching two, three hour videos and they like, I don't know how do I get through your videos, but it continues to draw me in. And so when, you know, you respect the... The, the 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 viewer right you go put in that quality and they respect the quality so they respect the show yes. and then we say okay let's let's we started off talking about like wealth right because I wanted to start it off on a practical basis then we start talking about masculinity then we start talking about science and physics and philosophy and psychology and all of these different areas and I wanted to prove to the world like especially these black networks that claim to be the voice of black America. Not a lot of right? black networks. Mm-hmm. Nah. You know what I'm saying? They, they they claim it, but I ain't seen nobody do it. You feel me? Um, effectively. And, they, and the excuse is nobody watches it. Nah, that ain't true. Right? I know the reality of it is is that white corporations ain't gonna give you ad dollars to give black people nothing high level. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I study, you know, marketing. I study production. I study how to put these things together. And I got to give a lot of talent to the team because, you know, took the vision and executed it in a manner where people were shocked. Like, damn, I wasn't expecting that. This is actually hella good. And then you think about somebody like Tyreek Nasheed where he had the hidden colors, right? I love that. That was such a good documentary. You always learn something new and it always kept you engaged to where you wanted to learn more. Then you wanted to share that information with somebody else. So a lot of people are getting a whole shock of consciousness, things that they never knew existed, right? Or thoughts that they thought about are now being validated, right? And this is giving space for a high level culture to be brought about because they're saying that, wait a minute, not only, you know, is somebody doing it, but they're doing it successful. So now there's going to be a wave of new creators and new talent that come about and say that if Keys could do it, then I can do it. So the goal is to be able to create that influence so that we see a trickle effect. While we know the message is the most important, people are attracted to production. Mm-hmm. Like that that's why content is so crazy now. So I think it's a great point for you to say, you know what, you gotta make the people wanna come. If the message ain't enough for somebody, let's draw them in with the production and you know, hopefully they they get the message. Well, you know, my my thesis is we take we take the things that are the best and most valuable for us for granted. We take them as luxuries. So I'm gonna package it as a luxury. Mm. I'm gonna make it aspirational then. You feel me? Yeah, yeah shout right. out to Tariq Nasheed. I think every kid, you know, that should be in the curriculum of Hidden Colors because that mm-hmm. is, I got, I own all of the DVDs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, so we go on the Paradigm Keys now. Basically, I wanted to give a starting point for like frequently asked questions. Because people always ask, where do I start? How do I start reprogramming myself? How do I start critical thinking, right? How do I start eating better? What is a routine? So it's a very quick read, practical guide for somebody to get started and start thinking differently, right? And, uh, you know, that's probably going to be the shortest book I ever put out. But I wanted, you know, that to be a foundation. And my next book is actually going to call Self Wars. So it's about, you know, the daily battles that we face mentally and spiritually, 
right? And giving people strategies that they can actually utilize, right, daily to win life. Speaking of uh, the strategies, can you give us a good, like, top five of things that we can change? I would say focus on, uh, number one, focusing on habits is key, right? Because most people start with goals, right? So, you know, if you have the, it, it, I always say this one, and people don't like it sometimes, but, you know, you cannot have slim habits, uh, or you can't have slim goals with fat habits, mm-hmm. right? And so it's the same thing as you can't have rich goals with broke habits, right? And a lot of people have these rich goals. I want to be a millionaire. I want to do this. But you have the habits of somebody who's going to be poor, right? And so if I'm examining somebody's life and I want to be like them to take on their discipline, I'm going to take on your habits so I can get mm-hmm. your results, right? Not your goals, Right. So two people at the same level with the same goals, only the person with the habits to meet that goal would get those results. So, number one, I would tell people to change that attitude and that thought process towards reaching goals and focus on creating consistent habits, which requires you to focus on the process and not the results. Right. We have a very process oriented social media reality to where you see somebody on a 10,000 day of success and you want their results but you don't want to go through their 10,000 days to get there mm. right so therefore it's, it's disillusional right because you want things you would never be the person to actually receive right and so that to me is a number one focus um another thing is just you know Lately, I've been doing a lot of like shadow work, right? Like re-examining, you know, who I am and how I became who I am, right? And when I start to think about that, it's that who you are today and the decisions that you make, you know, and and why sometimes we can make decisions against ourselves because those are our preconditions. That's how we was conditioned as children and that's how that we was programmed, right? But you can be trying to discipline yourself now because you have a new thought on who you want to be. But your patterns and your habits won't let you break that, right? And so one of the things to be able to focus on is fasting, right? Like creating detox in your life. And then when you detox from one thing, then you have to replace it with something else that is better because our body and our life don't like imbalance, right? Because then we're going to crave that thing that we just lost, right? So instead, you have to replace that with some sort of other social rhythm. So most people should focus on eating better, right? This we every like it's a thing is like fifty to sixty percent of America's obese, right? And that's why people have to start coming up with terms like, you know, fat shaming and body shaming, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when really is is it, that was never a term in any other point in history. If somebody was obese and they was doing something that was unhealthy, a person diagnosed that and told them the correct way to go about making themselves better. Right, And it's not so much of you feeling shame because you feel like you're a bad person when you feel shame, but you are guilty. right? You're guilty of your decisions and you're guilty of that reality. Self-accountability. Yeah, like for a doctor to point it out or anybody to point it out is not a bad thing. So I'll focus on fasting, number one. Um, and that what just allows you, you to gain eat? your power. It depends. Right now, I just got off Ramadan from fasting, so... Mm-hmm. I feel like I lost a lot of my gains. You know what I mean? I got a little more cut, but I want to get back to my Bradley status. So I'm actually going to be uh, eating probably a few times a day. But my recommendation for people who don't work out and they're not burning that to eat one time a day. Mm. Yeah. Do you work out? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And what do you eat? I mean, I eat food. What you want me to say? <laughs> but you eat vegan though, right? I'm no, sorry, I'm healthy. Vegan? Okay. You're healthy. I'm healthy, okay. yeah. yeah. So what, what food should we not eat? What food should black people stop eating? Well, you know, the most number one notorious enemy of black people is pork. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just told my cousin today. I said he was talking about his blood pressure was high. Yeah. I said, man, you gotta stop eating that pork, man. I don't really trust people who eat pork. It's wow. like I don't, it's like I don't trust people who still smoke <laughs> cigarettes and eat McDonald's. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because it's like what a statement. It's such a, <laughs> well, it's such an obvious thing that's bad for you. And if you can't make a decision to change this, how can I trust your other decision making skills? Uh, <laughs> okay. Just like, just like women who like, can't uh, keep a plant. You're not yeah, the first person that has said that, though. I, no, I mean it's I, I obvious. Like you, you got to think about how, why we start eating bacon in the first place, right? Edward Bernay was a psychologist and he ran propaganda schemes for corporations. Mm-hmm. So what they wanted to do was to increase the sale of pork and bacon. So he created propaganda that connected it to a hearty, good breakfast. So he actually had people thinking that it was healthy, mm. right? So people eat bacon today, a part of their ritual because of capitalism. Right, and so all these people have died of diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol levels, things of that nature because somebody, a psychologist, decided to hack the mind of people and manipulate them into buying a product. Same thing with cigarettes. There was a time where women didn't smoke cigarettes at all. They looked at it as a man thing. And so he came up with a scheme um, to connect it to a rebellion, like a a protest. Mm -hmm. He had all the women pull out their cigarettes during this protest and start smoking. And it was seen as a protest of man's power, a torchlight of freedom, as they called it. Right. And so after that, they was able to create a completely new market base of women smokers because they started smoking it and thinking that they were being more free. Right. Right. And so a lot of things that we do today, we think is freedom. We think it's progress. Not realizing this is somebody's PR scheme to sell a product. It's like getting married. That's so uh, real. They sold the ring, you know, to, yeah. to make yep. them want to buy rings. Diamonds ain't even really, you know, now that they got the lab grown diamonds that's mm-hmm. big right now. Mm-hmm. Which you can pass the diamond test. Yeah, it passes the diamond test. The people can't even, they can they can't tell the difference. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because it's still a diamond. It's just grown in a lab. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like a lot of the things that we were sold, we just don't realize it and we don't want to you know, we connect so much of who we are into products. So like the switch was how do you get people to start focusing on things that they desire versus things that they need? Right? And so now we have a society that's completely based on desires and not needs. So people can have all these things they desire, none of the things that they need. It's the gold for you, though. You look, you. Oh, for sure, we doing the gold. I see that. Listen, we in we in some uh, hectic times when it comes to currency and things of that nature. And my suggestion is that everybody should buy gold and silver. Yeah, I would say take at least twenty to forty percent of whatever you work for your income, put it in gold and silver, as well as other diversified, mm. you know, areas. But definitely buy gold. We'll be right back. Stay tuned with more of the Baller Alert Show. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World? Like, hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. You're listening to a special edition of the Baller Alert Show. Peace family is 19 Keys. You tuned in to the Baller Alert Show. You have a lot of women fans, uh, and I'm Do pretty I? sure you know that. How? <laughs> uh, <laughs> are you married? I'm not married. Are you in a relationship? It's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I'd rather not dwell into it. Okay. <laughs> but you do have a lot of women fans, right? Uh, yeah, I imagine. I think maybe 50%. 50% men, 50% women. Well, some of the women probably were drawn in to you, just, you know, physically. So I, I work with Hennessy. I, I was, was the out there in Utah. And one of my girlfriends calls me, and I was like, Your boo is here. And she was like, Who's my boo? It's like, 19 Keys is at our event. And she was like, Oh my God! get a video I want to see him literally so I, I could not even tell her that we were interviewing you today because she would probably pull up <laughs> acting a fool but you, your female audience is really strong so what I want to know is meeting these females out in public are they trying to have real high level conversations <laughs> or, or are they just trying to see <laughs> something else <laughs> I imagine it's a mix of both you know what I'm saying like <laughs> I'm from Oakland, you know what I'm saying? I'm a man, I got six brothers, you know what I'm saying? We, you know, we gamed up, we game tight, you know? So like social media, uh, any impression that I get now is nothing new for me to be honest, mm-hmm. you feel me? Like, I think there's a lot of people who when they start to get a platform and profile and they get attention to women, that's new for them, you know what I'm saying? For me, you know, to you be like honest, it's been my whole life. life. Right. <laughs> you feel me? Like, I've always been who I am. I've always been confident. Mm-hmm. Right? I, 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 I'm very self-aware. So, yeah, it ain't nothing new. You You're feel me? Taurus. Yeah, I'm a Taurus. It's Taurus season. You feel me? It's that energy. It's what it is. But, you know, I, I know I'm at a, at a 0.00001%. And what? Yeah, a man on this planet. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. Have you met a woman that you just knew was not being genuine? Like, she's trying to oh, have... Sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, um, people that's not genuine all the time, I think people always try to show up as a virgin they think I want to see it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just a real person, so I'm just going to look at you like, I already know what you're mm-hmm. doing. You feel me? But 
I think that's natural and I think it's actually a good thing because I think, you know, part of it is kind of like raising the standards. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, it's, it's a lot of, like, it's a lot of men who follow me as well, right? They really tap in because, you know, I stand on what I stand on and I don't really let society push me around in a sense of repressing my masculinity. You know what I'm saying? I don't really care what you think and I don't really care about the new constructs or agendas whatsoever. And a lot of men nowadays don't want to stand on that because even though they may agree, they're afraid to say it. They say, you know who got the most power, the people you got to whisper about. Mm-hmm. Right? So, shit, I'd rather have people whispering about me as a representation I got some power. But black men don't be taking space no more. Black men don't be willful. And I ain't saying all of us, but I'm just saying the common consensus amongst men these days. So to be one who does stand on what I stand on based on who I am, I think that's a good aspirational thing versus them just liking an entertainer or things of that nature. Because there's only one of me, right? But if you find those same qualities of men who stand up that's masculine, you feel me, and the man that you with, then I think that those are better characteristics to examine and be attracted to. It seems like what's on the table right now is what does masculinity mean? What does being a woman mean? There's so much of these conversations going on right now. Do you think that I think we know what it means. We just allowing people to redefine it. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think that they had a power to redefine it. Like, it ain't nothing to question. I think we got to stop questioning it and making that like a real reality. The people who question it, let them question themselves. Right? But I don't think that that's a question for the broader society who already got it figured out. Do you look for a Muslim woman? Would yeah. You? Absolutely. Well, Muslim means one who submits his or her will to do the will of God. Mm-hmm. Right? So, by definition, most people will consider themselves to be a Muslim. Right now, I was just having this conversation with the good brother Steven Speaks, actually, we're doing a high-level conversation on relationships when we break all this stuff down. It's is, is 100%, I think brother Nuri said, he say, beyond making the decision, right, to believe or follow God, the next best decision is the person you go be with for the rest of your life, right, which is extremely important. So having a spiritual foundation and alignment with the person that you're with is completely and 100% necessary. Right. The brother used a term yesterday. He was talking about how most people are spiritually passive. Right. So when you have people that are spiritually passive, you know, most people are not that ingrained in their beliefs. You know what I'm saying? Most people that believe that they're Christians or Jehovah Witnesses, like they're not practicing it to the T where, you know, they're not willing to learn something new. Right. I think I was always taught that Islam is not a religion. It's a way of life. Right, I was taught that Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was taught the original way that African people were living, right? And then he taught that to his people to civilize them because they was being savage. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said he gave Islam to black people in America, right, as a way to recondition them back into their original state of being because we were given another new religion, a new language, right? A new set of rules, new foundation, new names, new way of doing marriage and life, We don't take on none of those ancestral tenets and or practices. You feel me? So I I, I choose to answer it in that way because I believe that most black people, especially black men as well, actually don't mind being Muslims. It's the connotation connected to it that their parents may have told them or society that told them. But when you think about it, right, most black people are actually conservative, right, in their viewpoints and traditional in their viewpoints and are in complete alignment with, you know, the tenets and agreements of Islam. It definitely seems as if, you know, religion is taught. Like when you're born, 
you're born into whatever your family is you kind of don't have an opportunity at a young age to explore what the different religious mm-hmm. beliefs are and choose what works well you're talking about the question things too my household was different we were taught to question everything I think my mom's got tired of them questions but <laughs> I had to figure it out you know and, and I've examined all religions I've studied all different ways of life I study all different sciences and background and I haven't examined nothing in the foundation from the teachers on Elijah Muhammad that I thought was Iranian as to where I need to change where are your views on marriage? I think marriage is cool I think what's important though beyond just marriage is alignment and the agreement that you have with the person that you with I think traditions, you know, and, and just traditionalism can be dangerous to follow a path just because without actually examining your real reasons why. Right. So on the outside, you can look successful because you're in marriage, but you're unhappy. And I don't think that, you know, a lot of God will want people to be in unhappy circumstances to please society because that's pleasing man. You understand me? And so when I look at marriage, right. Marriage is a is a legal binding between two people. It's a contract to create a partnership to do business together, right? And that business, it, people choose those partners because they love that partner that they want to do business with for the rest of their life. So if, if I'm choosing somebody, it's somebody that I'm in alignment with, in agreement with, and we building something together, right? And me as a very masculine man, right, I have to have a very feminine woman, right? She She has to be in that flow, and she has to be somebody that can help provide peace, you feel me like I'm you know I know there's a new age of super progressiveness and all things of that nature right but those things are not attractive to me right I'm still attracted to the traditional qualities of what a woman is you know so that's what I look for like what like yeah what's the difference between the traditional qualities and the new age well I think the new age is about what a woman has traditional is about who she is right so women start to examine themselves based on their accomplishments and their ambitions Right. Similar to the way men have always examined themselves. But men had never been attracted to women based on their accomplishments. It was based on your qualities. Right. So your softness, your tenderness, your ability, your intuition. Right. Your, 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 your feminine actions. Right. Your, how we speak to each other, how we build with each other, that ability to be able to create peace in a home and to be able to build with me. You feel me? Like you, you my partner, my confidant. You know what I'm saying? You see things that I don't see. You my second brain. Would you ever get married? Yeah, for surely. For sure. Like legally, or would it just be uh, like an agreement between? I right. think when I, I had to think about it, right? Um, because I, I just examined the benefits of legally or like setting up a trust or things of that nature. I think it's really the same thing. Like marriage is like a very metaphysical bond. You know what I'm saying? Like you sign that paper and like you now are metaphysically connected with this like ritual that you all have done. It's a whole ritual and process. Mm-hmm. So, but I also believe you can create your own rituals and process. Like we're not jumping over brooms and shit, but you know, we're going to figure out something that works. <laughs> you have kids? No, no, no kids. Not yet. I got a lot of nieces and nephews. You want your own kids one day? Oh, for sure. Especially my own kids. Okay. <laughs> I said like that. You know, my some own. people don't want kids. I don't want like, nobody else's like kids. Take, you know, have them sometime and give them back. You know, some people nah, 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 did nah, not nah, want nah. nobody else's kids. Not nah, for sure. So, so if you met a woman who already had children, she's out, out of the question. I wouldn't say it's one hundred percent out of the question, but you know, I'm looking to uh, spread my own legacy. You know what I mean? Not further another man. You don't want to be no stepdaddy. 
No, I'm not gonna be a stepdaddy. <laughs> no disrespect to the stepfathers, you know what I mean? Because a lot of stepfathers stepped up when the fathers didn't. So mm-hmm. I respect it. And, you know, I can't never say never, but I know for a fact that I don't want a woman to have my seat. Maybe open them more. You never know. Oh, no, she will have to be. Yeah. Highest level tour. Um, yeah. You're on it right now. Yeah. Um, what was that that you just did with Dame Dash? Was that part of the tour or was that? That nah, was just like some pre-tour action. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I love um, that you guys are together. Like, yeah, yeah. He's one of my favorite people. Dame yeah. Dash be talking mm-hmm. shit. I love Dame Dash is a straight shooter, man. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to work with Dame just because I was always in agreement with the things that he said. And, you know, even when he spoke about like the culture vultures and things of that nature, he would say things that everybody was thinking. Right, Nobody but was to afraid say. to say. People was afraid to lose their jobs, friends, positions, things of that nature. And it's like somebody has to come and speak the truth, right? And when people do that, you have to support them for speaking that truth because they open up so many doors for everybody else, mm-hmm. right? Whether people to give that credence or them flowers, so many people' lives change from the truth speakers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got, you know, that's why I talk about, you know, the top tourists in the world. Like we rule over communication. You know what I'm saying? You got Minister Farrakhan, you got Malcolm X, you got Dane Dash, you got myself. Even Shakespeare was a tourist. You know what I mean? So the greatest communicators and speakers of truth on the planet Earth resonate with that energy. So I always wanted to do something with Dame. So we went back to Oakland, you know what I'm saying, my city. And, um, yeah, the people showed out, man. It was a sold-out crowd. That's fine. And uh, it was dope because it was, like, one of the first events that Oakland get to have like that. You feel me? And the goal is to, like, bring new new type of events that we can go to. Mm-hmm. Like, we, when you think about it, There's like— no violence. Yeah, no, of course not. Of course not. Um— you know, like, we don't really have that many options. You know what I'm saying? Of things that we can do. You got to make a concert, club, little lounge or something. But it's like, we need new experiences, right? That can fill those same slots of time, but we're going to have a good time. We're going to vibe. We're going to learn. And we're in the midst of the most high-level people in our cities. You feel me? So, for me, that's important because it's also a representation of somebody like myself being able to go on tour, right? To sell out shows and things of that nature that's new. That represents a new culture. That represents a shift in the times. So I look at this tour like I could stay at home and make money on the internet, right? I can do something digital. It's not a money play, right? This is impact. This is about showcasing a change. Like the culture is now shifting. So I always tell people, come out and support it. Like you are supporting the, uh, uh, the representation of change in the world. You know what I'm saying? You supporting like, you know, transformational experiences and you go get some game. How is it though making money in your type in your line of business? How do you sustain wealth? Yeah, I almost feel like some people just assume or expect that you know you either should stay within a certain tax bracket. Like they they just find it so hard to believe that you can be financially successful and speak about spirituality. I mean, we live in 2023. I don't see how you could think that a person can pick up a microphone and a camera and go on YouTube and be viral. You know what I'm saying? Hit a million views and get tens of thousands of dollars, right? So, like, the idea, like, people played, the, my grandparents played the lottery for, like, 70 years and didn't win. You know what I'm saying? Yet they put money in that system each and every day and every week and every month. But our generation don't want to play the lottery of picking up a new skill set and see if they win. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't spend our time correctly, right? There's young children making tens of millions of dollars on YouTube right now. Right. So for me, I think adults are just lazy. Right. The smart people already created the tools. We got artificial intelligence that's around now. And it really takes out all of your excuses. Now you just have to look at it and say, damn, 
every goal that I ever wanted and every idea that I ever wanted is now possible. Mm-hmm. I can't say it's my lack of budget, my lack of having a big team, none of those different things. Now you have to look at yourself, and this is why I'm coming up with the book Self Wars, because what I realize is that the enemy ain't racism, it ain't white supremacy, it ain't sexism, it ain't bigotry, right? It ain't none of those things. It's your own mind that's stopping you from moving forward. You know what I'm saying? And if you can't get past that, then you can't think creatively on how you're going to use these tools, right? So we got books, we got health products, we got tour, we got speaking engagements, right? You know, I got tech products coming out. We got the clothing, we got the hats, right? We do collaborations, we got the sponsorships. Like, I'm going to make a way. You feel me? Like, if you smart in today's time or you creative in today's time, there's no reason you should be broke. Broke is a representation for me in this time and it ain't always been, but it's a representation of, you know, a sort of like mental illness. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a representation of your mind not working. You know what I'm saying? Like when a person something is broken, it's not working. Right? But if your mind works, you gonna sit back and be like, no, damn, wait a minute. There's hella ways I can make money. I can do the Airbnb thing. Maybe I want to pick up the options. Maybe I want to be a stock trader. Maybe I want to learn the credit game, right? Like, maybe I want to do Toro and, and rent out cars. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so many different things that you can do. You know, you can pick up drop shipping if you want to, right? You can be somebody's virtual assistant. It's like being broke is a representation of your mind not working. It ain't got shit to do with society. It's definitely too many ways to make money out Man, here. Man, they be screaming at people. And they people got to ignore making money these days in order to be broke. Man. <laughs> 19th, we appreciate you for being on the Baller Alert show. Now that hat, know. and um, I love like the branding and things of that nature. Do you have to be Muslim to wear that? No, man, we sell these to everybody, man. You know, you just gotta, you gotta put it on now. and look good with it. We don't want to just be showing up and it's like, no, everybody oh, get our hats. Listen, you ain't gotta be Christian and wear Christian Dior. You know what I'm saying? This, this is Crown Society, man. You, you know, you put it on your head, man. Put that crown on you, man. It's universal, man. It's a representation of knowing yourself. It's a representation of freedom, justice, and equality. I see the sun, moon, and stars every night, man. They don't belong to us. They belong to everybody. Put your orders in. The tour is going on, high-level tour. Yeah, we started the Apollo Theater in Harlem, the legendary, famous wow. Apollo dope. Theater. We actually got a really dope special guest. I can't announce him. Um, What's the hint? Okay. Man, I don't even know if I can. When will y'all announce him? <laughs> huh? No, you got to just show up. Okay. This is going to be one of them things, you know what I'm saying? You're going to see the pictures later. you will be like, damn, I'll shut up. I would have made that. We actually got a lot of people that's been telling me that they go show up and things of that nature. We're going to have a lot of special celebrity guests and, you know, influential people that's going to be in the building. My brother Yaki going to be speaking. You know, um, I will be speaking. Um, it's going to be a couple performances. And, you know, you just got, like, with these type of things, I only really want the people who appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's my whole thing. I'd rather sit in that theater with five people that really appreciate the vibe mm-hmm. and they decided to show up versus, you know what I mean, just people just showing up just because of the marketing mm-hmm. or things of that nature. Like, the people that make that pilgrimage, I feel like they deserve to be there and I want to be in the midst of their company. You know what I'm saying? But I can promise you, just like every one of the shows, like we just came from Toronto. We had two back-to-back sold-out shows. The people loved it. We could have did three back-to-back the way that the people just gravitating towards the energy. We went to London. We had like 5,000 people, literally the most prestigious, one of the most prestigious venues in all of Europe at Royal Albert Hall. 5,000 people. We sold that one out. That was amazing. Of course, you got Invest Fest coming up. That's going to be 20,000 people out here That's gonna be in huge. Atlanta. 
But yeah, man, we got we got most of the cities on deck. I can't wait to announce everybody's gonna be there. My brother EYL gonna be there as well uh, on one of the tour dates. Master Investor, he gonna be there on one of the tour dates. Yaki, the vegan brother you talking about, he gonna be there. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of people, man. It's a lot of people. You know, I'm just I'm just calling upon my friends, man, and, and asking them if they'll pull up, man. The guys is outside. Who are you seeing in your audience? Is it younger, older, middle? Black, white. I'm beyond now. Now it's getting larger, so I'm seeing um, a diverse group. You know what I'm saying? I'm always surprised when white people pull me to side, but yeah, now I'm actually getting a lot more Caucasians. You know what I mean? Transparent people that wow. be pulling up on me. Um, but you know, of course, my large audience is us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I'm starting to see younger people as well um, because I think what happened is a lot of the clips are going viral on like TikTok and mm-hmm. things of that nature. So they tapping in, and um, the, the show, you know, high level conversations has really taken the brand to another level. And it's funny because I always, you know, wanted the opportunity to showcase to the world my intellect. Right. And for me, as you asked earlier, that's what high level conversations was an opportunity to do. Right. It was like I don't like on Instagram. I curate my Instagram a certain way. Right. Because I understand the way the algorithm works. But on high level conversations, you go get that work. Mm. Mm. We appreciate you. We're so proud of you and much success to you. Thank you. Before we get out of here, though, we got a pep talk with 19 Keys. I think about it like this. You know, your current level has to be your lowest level. If you have the ability to imagine yourself in a greater position, then you have the ability to put yourself in a greater position. You know, procrastination is the abortion clinic of ideas and genius, right? A lot of people are afraid of the pain of doing the work, so therefore they abort during that process. When you learn how to be a live, living man and woman, you know how to take thoughts out your mind and bring them into reality. And there's no greater joy than having an idea and a vision and actually seeing it into fruition. So prove that you're alive. Take them thoughts out your head and bring them into reality. And I'll see y'all at the highest level tour. Can't get enough of Baller Alert? Follow us on all social media platforms at Baller Alert. Log on to BallerAlert.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.